Well, let's just lift our hands and thank God for the word tonight that we're about to bring. Father, we thank you for this holy written word. It's your love letter to us. And Lord, we thank you that uh, everything in it is is uh, truth and it's settled in our hearts and uh, we receive it. And even if it causes a, a correction to be brought. Uh, on our thinking, on our speech, on our behavior. Father, we thank you. We accept that uh, correction and uh, know that it's for our good. We give you glory and honor and praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, uh, it's good to be home and to be back always and uh, after our trip and the great conference that, that uh, we were at in New Orleans and um, God just doing great things everywhere, amen. And and uh, you know, there's a lot of bad news on the TV every minute. Uh, first they report it, and then they regurgitate it over and over, and and uh, analyze it and give their opinions and uh, their two cents worth. And um, and then you just if you just keep that thing on too long, it just starts to affect the atmosphere in your home. It's just better. I mean, I think we should be informed and know how to pray. But on the other hand, you know, we just don't want that bad news just beating a drum beat into our lives 24-7. Amen. And uh, so I said all that to say it's nice to go to conferences and to church and places where you hear good news. <laughs> because for one thing, let me tell you about the world. It's always been a mess and it will it will always be a mess. Until Jesus returns. And there's always going to be evil. And there's always evil men. And sometimes you'll hear young folks that haven't experienced a whole lot of things yet. They'll say, what on earth is happening? And it's like we're going, you know, welcome to the planet. <laughs> it's it's hostile. It always has been and it always will be. But thank God the word of God uh, endures forever. Amen. And always eternal. And uh and uh, he, Jesus told us, he says, now in the end times when you see these things happening, uh, don't be freaked out. That's the modern paraphrase. <laughs> don't be freaked out. Don't sweat it. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, you'll know that I've told you that this must be. This is what's going to happen. But praise God, we have our redemption draws nigh with the Lord and all those good things. And we just thank God for it. So I'm just excited always about what does the Bible say? You know, what does the Bible say about it? And, uh, you know, if you, if you follow, you know, a, a reputable end times, uh, type of prophetic ministry, you can understand a lot of what we're seeing is in the word. It's in the Bible, you know, with Russia and, and, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say anything against any any group of people or whatever, but I don't know about Germany yet. You know, we don't know what they're. <laughs> I don't totally trust them. <laughs> they, they're liable to rally up something. You never just can't tell. <laughs> they have kind of a bad track record. But um, we're just saying that uh, these things are in the Word, and if you know what the sort of the codes are from Scripture and everything, and we you know we had last year. Uh, Brother Joe Morrison and I, that was so insightful, wasn't it? Uh, to, you know, to, to explain the end times and what's going on. We might have to have him back to give us an update, but, uh, 
Praise God for all that. All right, you got your Bibles? Ephesians 6. Um, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna spend a lot of time going over all of the different pieces of the armor, but what I want you to see is the warfare that we're in and that we all have warfare. All of us have warfare. Uh, you know, I, I told you before that I've had people come up to me through the years and say, Pastor David, I, something's seriously wrong in my life. And I said, well, what is it? And, well, you know, and then they tell you all their problems and the devil's been attacking me and I'm having trouble with bad thoughts and evil things and I just want to know what's wrong. And I've said, well, sit down. I've got really terrible, horrible news. Well, I knew something was really off. I've said, you're alive on the planet. That's what's wrong. Dead people don't deal with these things. And, uh, the Bible tells us that there's going to be trials. There's going to be tests. And there's going to be tribulations. I think some folks in the faith movement thought that maybe because now that we know three or four scriptures, all of our problems were going to disappear. And then they're shocked, you know, after they've been confessing the word and praising the Lord and jumping for joy and running through troops and jumping over walls. And now I still have problems. I thought by if I became word of faith, I wouldn't have any more problems. And it's like, no, the word of faith is to help you deal with the problems and overcome them. But you're going to have, as long as you're in this world, you're going to have trouble. And uh, so it's sort of almost a false expectation that we're never going to have another challenge. Like one lady said to Brother Shambach, would you please pray that I won't have any more trouble with the devil? He says, yes, I have got the perfect prayer for you. And she goes, oh, I knew if anybody could help me, it was you. And he said, killer Lord. You know, that was his prayer right here and now. And she said, no, don't pray that. And he says, well, that's the only way to get rid of, you know, being, I, I don't want any more temptation. I don't want any more troubles. Well, of course not. But the bad news is that you're going to have it. The good news is we're overcomers. Amen. So, we're going to look here, I'm going to show you where, what to do with warfare tonight. Um, and just, you know, you could just, you could preach a year on warfare and never touch everything that the Word has to say. But we are, first of all, we are overcomers because we're in Christ. Not because we're so great in our own faith or our own strength or even grace. It's because of who Jesus is. And because we're in Him and He's in us, we overcome, the Bible says, even overcome the entire world. And he overcame death, hell, and the grave. And therefore, we can overcome whatever it is that, that we're facing. And stress is really a symptom of warfare. It's, it's like warfare that we're not really winning. We're kind of in the heat of the battle. And if we're not careful, we can become stressed out, man. Right? Start talking like the president. And then he whispers, what's with that? What weird thing is that? Can anybody explain the whispering? So get vaccinated. I don't know. All right. Just saying, it's just weird. This, you might need to have that checked. All right. Ephesians 6.10 
Finally, brethren, finally, finally, the pastor gets to a scripture. Okay. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You're going to be strong in yourself and you think you're going to bow up at something. You're just, you're just, you're just deceiving yourself. But be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, of His might, the power of His might. So you, you know, again, pastor, pray for me that I'll be mighty. Well, I don't even know what that means, to be honest. I, what? What does that mean? But I will pray that you get a revelation of the might and power that you have in Christ. And that's what Paul, his main prayer. Did you know Paul never prayed for more anointing or a higher level or the greater thing or to the next level? What is the next level? What does that even mean? I don't know. But, you know, folks say, well, I need more power, more anointing. No, you don't. You need a deeper revelation of who you are in Christ. You already have access to the highest power ever known to the universe. And so to pray more anointing, more power, more might, I'll be stronger. It's, 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 it's really not scriptural, just to be honest. But what you can pray for is a prayer that Paul in Ephesians said that, um, that I would comprehend that you, you know, he's praying for himself. He's praying for others. You can pray this for yourself. You can pray it for others. It's a universal prayer. Um, that we would uh, comprehend with all saints the height, depth, width, and breadth of God's love. In other words, that we would have a deeper understanding of what Christ has already done for us. There's where your power and might's going to come from. It's not from, you know, something that zaps you. All right. And I'm all for getting zapped. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, let's knock everybody down on the floor. Great, wonderful. I, I, that's wonderful. But I'm just saying that, you know, Brother Hagen used to say folks thought that when they fell under the power, that meant they were healed. And he said some of them went down, you know, came down in the prayer line sick, was prayed for sick, hit the deck sick, got up sick, went home sick. In other words, just because they got hit by the power of God didn't, wasn't some sign that they were healed. It's just meant they ran into the power of God and, not, and fell over. So uh, faith is the is the answer there. You know, but like Brother Hagin used to say about his own anointing, mix faith with it and it'll heal you. But if you don't mix faith with it, you're just depending on, well, he's got special sauce and he's going to put that on me and I'll feel the heat, the Tabasco, and I'll fall out. You know, uh, that's everything. Well, it's, it's some of it, but it's not everything. Amen. We need to believe God. So it says, uh, the power of his... I See, I could just preach all night on verse 10. To be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. And when we start feeling stressed, it's because we're forgetting some of this. We're forgetting that our strength lies in that. Put on some of the armor of God, one piece or two, share it with your neighbor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the wiles, we don't use that word much, like wily coyote, you know. Uh, wiles of the devil means strategies, the strategies of the devil. And he has strategies, folks. I'm telling you, if you start to feel overwhelmed, uh, you can almost feel the warfare. Sometimes it'll come to you in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you got warfare. 
and uh, or, uh, and thoughts that are just not good. You know, negative thoughts or the devil's telling you what he's going to do to you. He's exposing his strategies. But um, and then you know you you feel a little pain somewhere, and he tells you, "Yep, that's it, terminal cancer. You've got it. It's coming on." I mean, something. He he's just a liar, and he tries to get us to agree with it. And, and go along with it and get in fear over it and start talking about it and, uh, and, and adding to the levels of the stress. This is the warfare that is there. Uh, Joyce Meyer has a great book and a concept of the battlefield of the mind. And that's where this all takes place. Go, where's the battlefield? What's well, between your ears most of the time and stuff that you're thinking. Can can really can really freak you out, stress you out, and that's where the the warfare is. And he says, "For we wrestle not." See, don't forget this: we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We think we've got to fight with a relative or a, a business partner, or a friend, or somebody, but it's not. They're not the problem. Their flesh and blood is not the problem. It's what's behind it. And if you grow up in God, you, you'll get this. And you'll start dealing with the spirit that's behind some stuff instead of just arguing. And I'm going to tell you, again, word of faith people, screaming at everybody to walk in love when they're cussing you out is usually doesn't work at that moment. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> they'll tell you to walk in love. It gets to be... Like my dad one time in a Church of God Pentecostal meeting back in the 60s, there was two, they were having a real camp meeting, revival, people, they're singing, they've reloaded the choir, you know, like they used to do, and they're singing and <laughs> playing the piano and organ as fast as they'll go, and, and uh, folks are dancing and everything, and all of a sudden there's like a little crowd gathered down front, you know, in the church, good-sized building, and my dad work work in the altar, touching people, praying for them like we had. And he goes over here, and here's two women. They're paired off, you know, like like two chickens in a cockfight. You know, I mean they're 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 squared off. And the one woman they're both Pentecostal with hairdos the whole bit, you know. No makeup, mustache, everything. Holiness women. And uh One's saying, in the name of Jesus, I cast the devil out of you. And she says, no, I'm casting the devil out of you. So there's two of them going to cast the devil out of each other. And my dad said, hold it, you know, blew the whistle or whatever. Time out. Stop. Everybody go sit down. This is crazy. Uh, so, folks, our fight isn't with flesh and blood. Sometimes we get so mad at people. For what they're doing, what they're saying, their behavior, and we just get so mad, and we want to be in the flesh like anybody else. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't have flesh. How many's discovered that? I got in the flesh the other day. I got so mad. I, I, you know, you have what you say, and I used to say, and I stopped saying it because I acted on it. I used to say. I'm going to take this phone and I'm going to throw it in the pool one day and I'm going to rejoice when I do because I'd get so mad at, at the phone for not functioning right. So the other day I finally 
got so mad that I took the phone and I threw it. Now, it didn't land in the pool. Thank God. It did land on the pool deck and bounced, and I have this shockproof case, so it didn't shatter. I was kind of wanting it to shatter because I was really hating it at that moment. And I got in the flesh, and I had to repent to all who saw and the Lord. But it just proves that we have flesh. I thought you, and you call yourself a minister. You know, I've had people say that to me. So well, I really didn't call myself. Some other people have, and I don't know. Maybe they're blind. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do here. So our fight, just know this, in warfare, your fight, it's not with people. Well, it sure seems like it's with people, Pastor. I know, but the, the word's the word. Let God be true and every man a liar. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wow. Then he says, wherefore, because of this, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. In other words, you're going to over, you're going to come out of this. Is this helping anybody? Am I the only one that deals with stuff? The moral of this is don't throw your cell phone. <laughs> that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore. Having done all to stand. Well, pastor, I'm standing. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, good for you. You don't get a prize. That's what we all have to do. Welcome to the planet. Welcome to the club. We all stand. We'll stand with you. You stand with me. I'll stand with you. Amen. And we'll overcome together. And our faith will encourage each other. And what we don't need is Brother and sister, judge everybody for missing it. Club. Amen? Because that just doesn't help anybody. Well, you know by now all the things you've been through, you should know better. Well, I should. You're right. God bless you. Thanks for figuring that out. But uh I predict... <laughs> That we all deal with flesh and feelings and emotions, those things, every day that we're alive on the planet. You never completely get over it. Sorry to tell you that. I don't want to break your heart or anything. But we don't achieve some level of like in, 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 in false religions, they have like nirvana. You know, you reach this place of or this place of, what's it called, uh, uh, you know, it, I think in Buddhism or something, there's some place of elevation or whatever it's called. Anyway, you get enlightenment. That's the name of it. You get to the place of enlightenment. Now you're enlightened, and now you're in some la-la land, you know, and you're not, you're not affected. And I think some Christians think that's what they're trying to achieve, and it's like, well, you know, it doesn't quite work like that. We all have emotions and feelings. Uh, 
I've been by the bedside of great leaders as they were transitioning from this earth to the next. And they have uh, opened up about their concerns or their fears or their whatever. So, hey, we're all people. And so don't beat up yourself. You get discouraged, don't get further discouraged because you got discouraged. (laughs) I hope you know this is really good stuff here. Not everybody says this. They'll just beat you up for being discouraged. Well, that's because you got out of faith, and now you're not believing God, and that's because you're watching the news too much, and now, you know. And it's like, oh, thank you. I feel much better after talking to you. It just makes me really now want to serve the Lord. But, you know, I just say, hey, don't sweat it. Come on. We, we, we've all been there. We've all been discouraged. We've all said stuff that we shouldn't have said and made confessions we shouldn't have made and had thinking sometimes for days that were not, that was not good. But that's why there's repentance and that's why there's the blood and that's why there's the name to help us to call, to come boldly to the throne of grace. To find help in time of need, not to find rebuke. What if you went to the Lord, Lord, I really need an encouragement today. I rebuke you. Like the, there was a skit on Saturday Night Live, the church lady, you know, and she'd go, you know, she, that was that tone, you know, that rebuking tone of, I rebuke you. And we, we think we go to the Lord and get a rebuke. But I tell you what, he, he, he receives us as his children. And you know, if you're, if you're in a place of discouragement or bewilderment, ever, anybody ever felt bewilderment? I don't even know what to do. I'm the only one. There's just something wrong with me. <laughs> Has anybody ever been there of, of just being bewildered? Uh, you, you know, it, it, you, you've gone you've gone past overwhelmed to bewilderment, and uh, sometimes you know somebody's gone through a divorce or death of a loved one or death of a dream or you don't know what, and uh, right or slander or accusations, whatever has come against you. And, uh, uh, meanness of this, the evil that's in the world. It's sometimes can be in the church, evil. And, uh, it's the same oxygen in here, by the way, as outside. Just this, just so you know. So, uh, you know, you breathe the same air and we can feel not only discouraged, but we can go to being overwhelmed, to being bewildered. And if that's not time of need, I wouldn't know when it would be. And it says what you will find when you go for time of need to the boldly to the throne. You'll find help. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost is our helper. He's our first line of defense and our last line of defense. He is our...
our helper helps us to overcome. He soothes us. He, he comforts us. Isn't that good? Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about it because sometimes I need a little help in time of need. How about you? And, uh, Anybody that says they they don't, they're so they're so enlightened, they're so up above it all that they don't need any help. Well, they're just. I would recommend getting away from that person at least temporarily. There's something really off there because everybody reaches out. Amen. And you know, here's a great prayer. Here's here here now now this is very deep. This prayer. This is a very deep prayer uh, that you can pray uh, sometimes in, in time of need. And here's how it goes. Are you ready? Now brace yourself for this prayer. Very deep. Only very mature believers can understand this prayer. It's, it's this. Help! Amen, because it says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find help in time of need. So the main prayer, once you get in the throne room, is help. I need a little help here, Lord. And you, you know, he'll help you. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that you don't know. But, but I'm going to show you what you don't know. How many has found the answer so many times to life's dilemmas by just saying, Lord, show me something about this that I don't know. And I'll, and I'll, I'll follow, I'll follow you. Amen. So anyway, he talks about all these pieces of the armor and, uh, we, we can read through them real quickly. Stand, having done all to stand, stand there for. Having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Uh, interesting that he says above all. So that that's like the key element. The shield of faith, because this, all this other, uh, so much of it. Well, it's 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 there was an argument over our. Fighter jets, what was this? The, are, are the fighter jets that we, that we could send to Poland, are they, uh, uh, defensive or offensive? Well, you know, it depends on how they're used, I'm sure. But it's the same with all this armor. It's offensive and defensive. You need all of it. Amen. And, uh, that's why like our police officers and especially SWAT team members and all, they wear, Armor, uh, vest and things, you know, bulletproof because they don't just need a gun. They need something if the bullets start flying at them to protect them. Amen. So that's why he says this, I believe. That's why Paul, in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fight, all, how many of them? All the fiery darts of the wicked. 
Yeah, but Brother David, uh, you know, a few years ago, some of the fiery darts got through, and now I'm suffering because of it. Well, this is why we serve a God who is a miracle-working God, and he can make the crooked places straight. I agree. Some of our biggest problems are self were self-created. We had a we had a part in it, but you don't have to just park there. Well, it's my bed. I got a lie in it. No, stop quoting stuff that's in the world that's not in the Word. You know, stop saying stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that applies to most people, and sure, there's the idea of we reap what we sow and all that, but. You know, you can overcome some stuff. And I believe we can repent if we, if we, if we created a problem, we can repent for that and get in line with the Lord and He can help us and overcome and He can make the crooked places straight and He can make it, make it work and make us shine when we should have not been shining. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. You won't get this in Reader's Digest. Quench some of the fiery darts, if you, but you can't expect to win all the battles because, you know, no, all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So let me tell you about warfare. So when you've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. Now that's a big clue there, how to fight. Don't fight with just words like, I bind you, I rebuke you, I whatever you. Get the word out and quote the word at the devil and those negative thoughts. So the devil, let's just take for an example. The devil brings up some sin or some mistake that you made. Sometimes as a child, they can come to you. You can remember things that you wish you hadn't remembered. Or you told a lie and somebody got in trouble or something, you know, something that you did that even caused another person to suffer in some way. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, when that comes, you need to take the sword of the spirit because that's a fiery dart is what that is. And it's coming against your righteousness and it's coming against your standing with the Lord. And it, so therefore it comes against your faith, your ability to believe God. All right, so here you've got, well, you know, I just, I don't receive that. I rebuke that. That's, that's fine. But the real power comes in getting the sword out. Trying to get us to become word people. <laughs> Instead of just charismatic with charismatic sayings. Um, fine, but, and they're usually in line with the word. But just charismatic sayings or Pentecostal sayings or evangelical sayings, for that matter, they're just not quite, they're not the sword of the Spirit. They might be a good idea and something sweet, but it's not the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word itself. And there's something about it that has more power than just I bind you and rebuke you. Isn't it true? Well, what are you binding and rebuking with? 
the binding and rebuking book that I bought. You know, no, you're binding and rebuking with the word. You got the sword. You got to go after. So here's a fiery dart coming at you. You put your, your shield of faith up. Praise God. And you get your sword of the spirit out, the word. Amen. And you go after the devil. He comes at you. You go after him worse. So what do you do with that thing accusing you of, well, you're not all that great of a Christian because I remember the time that you lied to your school teacher or whatever. Your mama. Whatever. But you know what? You get the sword of the Spirit out and you start quoting the word, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I have, and I have, you know, further, if you keep reading that, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, it says, finally says, I have received the, the gift now offered, praise the Lord, and therefore I'm a new creature in Christ. So I don't, I don't receive the accusation. Praise God. It works the same with sickness. Well, that, that bump is back, or that pain is back, or that condition is back, and now you know, blah, 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 blah. You're sick, you're sick, you're sick. And you're not getting any better. Well, that's a lie from the devil according to the word, because the Bible says that we, again, are healed We're redeemed from the curse. (laughs) And so you quote that, Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed me, and you make it personal. Get out your sword. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham might come on me. And So if I've got the blessing, I can't be sick. The same with prosperity. You don't have enough money this month to pay all your bills. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of that? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? No, 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 no. Be like Porky the Pig. Be, 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 you know. And, uh, you get the word out. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches. Not according to my checking account at SunTrust or Regions or wherever you bank. Amen. It's according to the word. So, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, is the main weapon of offense. So we sometimes try to use, you know, we use the word like it's defensive, or like we're defending ourselves. But let me tell you, Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Okay, so who's prevailing then? 
The church is prevailing against the gates of hell. We need to see ourselves as the winners. More than conquerors. Overcomers. Heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ. Do you think Jesus has got any stress tonight? Is he on, you know, an antidepressant or something, you know? Now, if you're on an antidepressant, don't take that as condemnation. Whatever is helping you, take take three of them. I don't care. I'm just saying that... Um, you know, some people probably need some of that. I'm just, I just, I'm just thinking that, you know, Jesus is not, you know, in, he's not under psychiatric care tonight. You understand that? I said, you know, some churches that they get up and talk about Jesus is weeping over all the sin and uh, the Holy Spirit's grieved and God's just mad, plain mad. I said, well, no wonder we don't have any power. We got grieving Jesus, we got, we got, we got depressed Jesus, grieving Holy Spirit, and angry Father God. How many want to join the church now? Unbelievable. But I've been in the meeting where there's somebody's up there prophesying that. I see Jesus, and he's just weeping over the sin in this city. And it's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He sat down at the right hand of the Father, which means anything seated, talking about God, is throne. And the throne is government. Hallelujah. (laughs) Stop making Jesus weep. And the Holy Spirit grieved and mad mad on God. (laughs) Right? God's not mad, you know, with Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice coming at you, you know. All right. I yell a lot when I preach just because I get excited. Now, listen, I was at a, I did a tent meeting one time in Colorado and next to the, where the tent, I mean, it's right on the main, main drag in, a, in this small town and, there was a grocery store next door to the tent lot. So I went pick up some snacks or supplies for our hotel room. You know how you do. You stay at a long place a while. You, you go get some, you know, Doritos and things, some Coke, some water. I'm in the line. And so the one person in front of me is from the town and says to the checkout girl, what is this? tent here well i'm curious because it's my tent meeting (laughs) i'm the evangelist and i want to hear what they're saying in the town says well what what is that next door there said i don't know it's some kind of a religious thing and he says well what are they doing out there she says, all I know is this guy gets up behind the microphone. Of course, it's me. I'm in the next one. This guy gets up behind the microphone, and he yells at everybody, and then they yell back. 
He goes, wow, that's wild. <laughs> I suppose maybe to the world, that's what some of our meetings look like. I'm yelling at them, they're yelling back. You want to hear another funny story like that? Brother Hagen was doing a meeting in Fresno, California. Now, we're in a union auditorium, which means that you have to pay the sound guy and the light guy, even if you don't use them. They, they show up and they collect. And you can't just move the piano. They have, you have to get the union people to move it. And if you move it, they'll about cuss you out. Like for real cuss you out. Like New Jersey cuss you out. And, uh, so Brother Hagen's preaching and I'm sitting backstage because I played the organ. So I'm back, you know, I'd slip in and out for this, you know, whatever part I had. And I'm sitting back there. And so I hear these two old union guys talking about, the meeting that's going on. So one guy says to the other, what kind of a meeting is this anyway here? And the other guy says, well, these are your Christians here having a Christian rally. And the other guy goes, really? Yeah. He says, well, what, what does that mean, the Christians? He says, well, you know, you got your Christians, you got your Presbyterians, you got your Democrats. <laughs> They're all mixed up together. I just thought that was great. Anyway, praise the Lord. It's all entertainment. Some of that. So he says that we're going to get this sword out. <laughs> you know, Brother Copeland used to say, don't ever just lay in bed and let the devil talk to you without without answering back with the word. Get up. Go to the other room if you have to, if you're sleeping with your husband or wife. You know, get up and go to the other room. Turn on the light. Get out your Bible and talk back with the word. And then go back and drift off to sleep. But don't just lay there suffering. And we do. We do. I do. Sometimes I just lay there. Oh, God, these are horrible thoughts. Terrible. Horrible, terrible. <laughs> and I, I got to do what I'm preaching to you to do, to get the victory. I don't just automatically have the victory because uh, a credentialing board gave me paperwork. That doesn't bring victory. <laughs> you understand? They actually give it to you, and then all of them are the same. It doesn't matter which fellowship you're with. They give it to you, and then they threaten you the rest of your life. Don't mess up, or we'll take it back. It kind of hangs over your head, you know. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? All right. Um, now, we also... We also are going to do this. So there's two, there's two lines of, 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 of offense and defense together. One is we're going to have that sword of the spirit, of the word, and we're going to use the word, not just, not just charismatic sayings, but we're going to use the actual scripture to, to, to fight back. This is how to have peace. 
Amen. The next thing we're going to do is in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication within the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now look at this. The great Apostle Paul, the great one, asked for prayer. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, and that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, if he can pray that, you can pray that for yourself too. Pray for boldness in your own mouth. Amen? So I go to school, you know, like every child in uh, America. And uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm in first grade and I go to school and I, mama's sweet little boy, I immediately get beat up. <laughs> this is the way it goes. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? Maybe you were the beater upper, but uh, yeah, you know, more power to you if you were strong enough to figure that out. But I go to school and I get beat up. I come home, you know, all beat up, her feelings hurt, everything hurt, embarrassed. And my dad said to me, you're going to have to stand up for yourself or you're going to get pulverized. He was not advocating, but please don't come with me, that me with a bunch of liberal. I'm just telling you, there's a truth to this, no matter what party you are of, that you can't just send a kid off to school and tell him to take it all the time. He's got to stand up for himself, push back a little bit, right? And defend himself. And uh, I went to some kind of a, martial arts thing. Please don't come with me at me with that either, all the demons that are involved. Um, but you know, it was I don't know, it was judo. That was it. You know, judo. I went to judo. And I did not get demon possessed at judo in 1963 or whatever. So I I, you know, it was just little little moves so that you'd have confidence, right? And my dad told me, he said, don't, don't come back home here with your lips poked out and you didn't do anything. You need to, you need to stand up for yourself. So I did. Amen. And I had an easier time of it. Amen. And I was not in fights so much because I would stand up for myself instead of just being the whipping boy. How many know what I'm talking about? In this world, you gotta sometimes stand up for yourself a little bit. All right. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, but he didn't say anything about kicking him in the shin while you do. Just saying. Well. <laughs> Just once you're out of cheeks. <laughs> now what are we going to do? Amen. And listen, I'm all for Christians taking self-defense classes and those things. Amen. I'm all for it. Because in this world, you know, every now and then you might have to defend yourself a little bit. And uh, I'm all for that. So, you know, if you're not, then yay for you. 
have a moon pie and an RC cola and you'll feel better. But, uh, I just wanted you to see this. That's the same spiritually, you know, the, some of the rules that we have for survival in this world work spiritually. And you have to spiritually survive. Don't get your feelings hurt by the devil. Well, I just wish he'd leave me alone. It just seems like he'd pick on me more than anybody. Well, I know it can seem like that, but it's not true. And he wants you to believe that and feel sorry for yourself. But if you do, you're going to get whipped. You're going to have to stand up. Say, devil, I ain't taking it anymore. You're a liar and a friar. <laughs> Amen? And uh let me tell you, what applies to me? None of your lies apply to me. What applies to me is the Word. Hallelujah. And so, you get your sword out. I love the sound of a sword out of a sheath, you know. You know. They have special effects departments for that in Hollywood. You know, you pull that sword out and, and you, and it's sharp. Two-edged sword, praise God. Slice and dice. It isn't, what's that guy, Ron, Ronco? Isn't it amazing? The Vegematic. You know, praise the Lord. <laughs> but you pull that sword out and you, and you, and you use it against the enemy. How many believe God knew what he was doing when he created all this warfare armor in the Word? Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank God. I'm right on the time. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the Word. Thank you for the idea, for the message tonight, Lord. I appreciate that. Lord, I thank you that you have called us to be saints here. You've called us not only to be saints and not only to survive, but to thrive and to reach out and help others thrive. We thank you, Lord, for peace and for victory and that we overcome all the fiery darts of the wicked. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.